Say what? Lorno, Lorno. Mayor on black sheep and bad apples. We got Lorno, got Lorno. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Black Sheep and Bad Apples here at Fourth Corner Studios. Mm -hmm. In the studio today, we have, once again, our guest, uh, Matthew Wallace. Good evening. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Sean Hill, and your regular host, Lauren O'Brien. Me. The king of shitheads. We, oh, I wish we had Sam and Ron here. Ron could play the applaud sound for us. Maybe I could that cut room. it later in post and make it sound like a lot of claps at once, but it'll just be my hand. Yeah. <laughs> you just put, put on echo and chorus until it sounds like nonsense. This is the fun part of post when I'm sitting in the studio and I'm just making the like... But then I gotta... And I'm just doing all this up. ridiculous stuff. You gotta by get myself. the thick clap in the background. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Lay- all the layers for the applauding of the uh, live studio audi- audience. Yeah, because as you guys, our listeners, all know, and everybody in this room knows, there we're we do really good on our our sound. We uh we never fuck up. There's never a noise that we don't mean. And in fact, we're sitting in front of a stadium full of a hundred thousand people that are just all cheersing and applaud. Shush, guys! Shush! It's God, I can't hear myself. Oh yeah, give them a podcast. second. It's the new rock stars yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and and uh, I forgot my original. I'm point. not gonna lie, you know, full stadium podcast is something I didn't really imagine when we first started this. It cuts down um, on hecklers, but it's, it's sure great because it's super cheap to put on. Yeah. And you get a hundred thousand ticket paying customers. Like literally it's the crowd surfing is pretty fun too. You know, I can't argue yeah. crowd surfing during the middle of a podcast is is a whole nother experience <laughs> I never thought I'd find myself jumping off the speakers, stage diving. <laughs> That'd be interesting if you could like fill Madison Square Garden full of people that are cheering on a podcast. It's happening. We're well on our way. I think so as Rock well. Rock and roll podcasting. So welcome to Black Sheep and Bad apples. I'm going to start this week with something that I got from watching the TV show Archer. Very Good show. Yeah, very funny show about a uh, more or less uh, James Bond-esque guy who's very narcissistic and alcoholic. I would recommend it to all you guys listening. Um, very Jim Cagney. Yeah. And, you know. I don't know who that is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hell yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, and so I was, th- there's this part where they're flying this plane, uh, in they're a plane full of cocaine into Columbia because they're just pieces of shit. Wait, um, they're flying, they flying a co- plane full of cocaine to Columbia? Into Columbia, yeah. Okay, that's, go on. And so what they're doing is they're taking samples because they got a bunch back in the States they're, that they're trying to get rid of. And they figure, hey, sweet deal for them. They just buy it, and then it's already in the States. Anyway, long story short, flying a plane... Of full of cocaine into Colombia, and uh, and as they get to this certain this certain distance away from the actual coast, they've got to drop underneath the radar, 
and uh, and somebody makes mention of this this part the, the, this comment where he says he says uh, could you hold still Archer because that's what's happening Archer's trying to fly the plane if I remember correctly he's like Archer just stop we're trying to fly literally and figuratively under the radar into Colombia with so much cocaine we cannot crash or fuck this up or have people you know n- notice us and he's like Archer's like wait is there a word for when it's both figurative and literal like if we're all uh, the three of us here in the studio if we're in the same boat and it's sinking and as we're sinking i'm like we need help we're all in the same boat when it's literally literal and figurative so today's word of the day is solipsis which means when something is both figurative and literal sounds like a gaping wound it really does. It sounds awful, actually, when I learn how to pronounce it, which I might still be getting wrong, because, you know. Uh, solepsis, yeah, it, it sounds like something that's medical. and Solepsis. Like something yeah. infected. Yeah, definitely. It's like I got solepsis from, <laughs> from this, this, uh, this uh, splinter. So maybe so it's what? a language infection as Ooh. the literal grows on top of the figurative. I see, because, yeah, it started off as, like, a colloquial, like, oh, yeah, we're in the same boat. Like, literally, get a paddle. We, we need you to help us. And then as that same family or whatever moved away and into different parts, it's like, we're in the same boat here. It became a colloquial thing. But now we use it literally and colloquial, like, a, a, and figuratively, and it's now just... I feel like this is one word that would be the exception to the rule of don't use the word in the definition of what you're trying to define, but somehow you could use this one because it's figuratively and literally, literally. happening. Yeah. So you can use, say it again, what's the word? Solipsis. Solipsis? Solipsis. Somehow, solipsis, I feel like you could use that word in the definition and it would still be a figurative and literal meaning if you did it right. Sound like an onomatopoeia. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I think I confused myself. Yeah, let's go, bit, moo. <laughs> Everybody's like, this dictionary's weird. <laughs> So that's what I wanted to interject is uh what, what, what's and that's the word of the day with dictate. dictate. That's what it was. Yeah. So what? Did, uh, how's your how's you guys' Christmas? Ooh, Christmas. It was good. Yeah. It's Christmas, you know. Same oh. shit every year. Yeah. I did forget to get fudge for my mom this year. She had like a big old Tupperware thing. I hope that's not a solipsis. No. <laughs> <laughs> You are ruining the show, Matt. <laughs> no, but she, yeah, she had a giant, like, tin full of, like, candies and goodies and stuff like that. Tupperware, whatever. And I promised myself I would grab some before I left, and I didn't. Darn. So, so I gotta ask, uh, it's, maybe it's a two-part question, just because, mm-hmm. did everybody kind of get, uh, some presents for their family or something or another? You know, uh. You know, a few people for the holiday, yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, kids and wife, that's it. All right. So. And myself. Uh, that's okay. So difference, uh, I guess, and I, I'm curious to see how this works out. It's like maybe it's a three-parter here. So you have kids and a wife and yourself. 
I have no kids, no wife, just myself, and Lauren, no oh, kids, yeah. no it's, wife. No, no kids, no wife. So I spent uh, the holidays with just friends and just here this year. I'm, I'm guessing that you spent it with the kids and wife. Yep. Okay, and then you did Lauren. Uh, yeah, I, I went down with my family and just hung out with them. Hung out with your immediate family. Yeah, yeah, like my mom, my brother, okay. uh, his kids. So where did your presents come from in the process of getting presents for Christmas? Did you buy local? Did you order online? Did you, you know what I mean? Did you pick up along the way? Did you just show up? I just no gave presents? away books that I had. Okay, interesting. That's always a good good yeah. gift. I like that. Speaking of I which, tried Matt, to send a book to my each of my brothers on their birthday, but I got a lot of brothers. Yeah, you tried to put a sheet of L in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> you little sneaky snake. So do you, so what about you, Matt? So for the kids, Amazon. Okay. Um, for the wife, went out to the coast, poked around some shops, found some cool shit. Found some yeah, yeah. some little little hidden treasure type tried of Tried to. Yeah. Oh, it's you know the thought. Something you can't my whole idea was I wanted to get something that you couldn't get online. So I usually dumpster dive. The smart? Then, no. Wait. No, actually, that was <laughs> okay, a joke. I was like, hold up. This Especially is if you're given belated gifts. Ooh. If like what? This. If you're given belated gifts, dumpster diving is the way to go. Hmm. Or hell, when the kids go to get out of college for the oh, holidays, yeah, for they'll sure. swoop up some iPads and laptops. And yeah. Uh, so I do the Amazon thing, though, as well. All my family is uh, out of state, so I can't visit. I wasn't able to visit them this year. So we do the little wish list, or we make a list on Amazon. So if you don't know what to get, and for years it's been like, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And I mean, I can't ever think of something, you know, like, I'm yeah, like, like right I, don't, then there. I don't know, uh, the t shirts again, or something, you know. But uh, so we started doing the Amazon deal. If we can't connect for the holidays, my mom and dad will go on Amazon and just click a bunch of stuff and put it on the list, and then I'll do the same thing, and then they can just look on the list, and it's not like, I like a new, you know, record player, and they send you something that you're not looking I got a record player for Christmas. Oh, I did too. <laughs> nice. So with that in mind, though, I was able to go on Amazon and pick out a record player I thought I would like and that was affordable and stuff like that, and... um and then also some needles to replace it that went to with the record player. I didn't yeah. have to send a text or a list or a whatever, you know, and be like, it's, you know, MCS Series 2308 with needles 4502 that you can only buy from the, you know, whatever outlet and da 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 No, so I could get all that and stuff, and it's it made it pretty convenient. I did find in mind, though, uh, my procrastination really took over, and I... Put in my order for Christmas presents through Amazon for my family on Christmas. Hmm. Oh, nice. So they're like not showing. Like in the morning? Yeah, like, <laughs> like afternoon while I was sitting at the bar drinking a Bloody Mary. Hmm. And so then I called my mom because it was Christmas. <laughs> it was like, hey, mom, how you doing? Yeah, I just ordered your presents. They'll be around. I had to wait for a to go well, you know in the big in the big cities in the metropolis 
you can get same day delivery, so you could get up at eight in the morning. Well, what I and I'm sure they wouldn't care that it's Christmas. What I'm used to as well. You know, give is, us twenty bucks. I know it sucks in a lot of cities, but I kind of find found it fun uh, a long time ago when I would just go out either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And, or like it was usually Christmas Eve. That's what I'm like day before, you know, Christmas. And I would go get all the rest of my gifts that I needed. The traffic was crazy. There was tons of people everywhere. You were trying not to get in wrecks. It was like an adventure. And I'm almost still used to that. So it was like Christmas Day. I was still like and getting presents. <laughs> like it was like <laughs> fighting through traffic or something. I think. But when you're like, well, I think these bitches' lives hectic. But one thing I do got to say is I did like the uh, convenience and, uh, you know, being able to make a list on online and just being able to see what my mom wanted instead of her just telling, oh, this would be cool. Yeah. And like, all right, like crochet needles would be cool, but I don't like it. And I go down and buy the shitty ones. You know yeah. what I mean? And she's just like, oh, thanks. I didn't want those. Yeah, ones, exactly. You know, type of deal. But she's like, and this, and that, and this, just and it's like, mom, I want an Xbox, and she brings home a, P- a PlayStation. And she's no, you like, say a game system, and you're hoping for an Xbox because you think she knows that that's the newest system, or something. And you get some emulator that hooks to your TV and plays nothing. You but get pop. one of those plug and play things, yeah, and you're just like, ah, awesome. It's like some like Lego video game that's like ten minutes long. Yeah, and you're just like, what the fuck. You know, I I did something similar this year for myself. Like, you know, the wife and kids are like, what do you want? And I was like, well, I'll just tell you exactly what I want. (laughs) (laughs) For just a couple of things. Like, I wanted a couple of new disc golf discs. And so I was like, give me a Paul McBeth Signature ESP Buzz mid-range. And I ended up getting a Paul McBeth Signature Prototype Onyx control driver. And I'm really excited about it because I wasn't expecting it. And it's... A limited run disc. Nice. So it, yeah. it worked out even though it wasn't exactly what I had put on the list. It was a little notch. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. That's cool. That brings us into our, our main main topic. Disc golf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, you ever been? I have never been actually disc golfing. I've thrown disc golfs at a uh, a basket, a target, a, a, tari- a basket, <laughs> uh, whatever you call the chain hoop thing. Yeah. It's a basket. Uh, that's I'm like a very basket. novice at it. You know, that's I'm like I've tossed a few around just uh, here locally. And I guess shout out to Dwayne for you. dropping off the basket at the Dwayne. at the coffee shop there for us all to use publicly. Yeah, and, and leaving and like eight them. putters. Yeah, and leaving a bunch of discs for us all to kind of because I've never been introduced to it. I've never really gone out and done it, and and it was just there and available. Which I thought was a kind of a cool thing for, um, you know, it's a coffee shop, but it's kind of bar, if that makes yeah. sense. And uh, It's a cafe. Yeah, it's a cafe. But what I mean is, though, is there's a lot of trends I've seen where when you go to either bars or breweries or uh, coffee houses and stuff like that, they, when they serve alcohol and make these kind of day things, they're starting to introduce, like, cornhole and shuffleboard and mm-hmm. some, like, gaming things. Horseshoes. Yeah, exactly, that Something you can interactive. do, like, some active things that you can, games you can play with in that and and do and stick around for a little while. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Instead of just getting one beer, now you're drinking two because you got to finish the game and you're having a good time and stuff. Yeah. And disc golf, I kind of thought in the same aspect. You know, I've been in breweries that were in big warehouses, and we were 
throwing there was three cornhole things and foosballs and a couple pool tables and it was real spread out and there was a lot of space and that's what was kind of nice and it was like indoors but it was still felt like you had the space outdoors and uh, i was almost kind of in this you know like if you have the space for it, it'd be pretty cool if there was, like, a basket to throw a disc in, you know? Yeah. Maybe, like, I don't know if there's some games maybe you can enlighten on the disc golf thing of, like, single basket games, like how pool has regular pool but cutthroat but nine ball, but you know what I mean, where you could do single basket challenge, you know, games or something like that. There are breweries with disc golf courses. In fact, up in oh, wow. Bent, Oregon, Nate Doss, a former, you know, really high-end or pro disc golfers started a brewery. And the cool thing about that is, you know how you go to a brewery and you want to taste all the beers and they give you a flight. Yeah. His flights come on a disc (laughs) with holes cut out in them. So you're getting your flight on a flight plate. (laughs) That's sweet. (laughs) Hell yeah. What brewery is this? Uh, It's up in Bend, Oregon. It's Nate Doss's brewery. And I don't remember the name of it because I don't research. (laughs) Excellent. That's great for podcasting. I and I have a know. terrible memory. Yeah, that's why this podcast is doing gold. That flight was so good, I don't remember the name of the bar. <laughs> no, but I fucking love uh, uh, disc golf. I'm admittedly not super good at it. I mean, I do a super good hole sometimes. Boom, phrasing. By the way, let's address it now. We're going to talk a lot about holes. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about Well, the whole point it. of disc golf is putting the Ds in the Bs. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. And so... I love it. Admittedly, not great at it, but there's some courses that are just. I really like that it's kind of more of a leisure game that I assume golf is as well. But there's something less um, high class about it. Yeah, something... we call golf bouge ball. Bouge ball. So that's what I was gonna say is <laughs> is uh, bouge ball. That's uh, so great. I guess what do you guys call it? Ball golf <laughs> is bouge ball. Bouge ball. Yeah. Ball golf, Regular uh, golf is a is c- classified as a gentleman's game. Oh yeah, if that makes sense. You know, there's a a formality to yeah, you it, gotta, and a club membership and all these things. And I felt you like, got to wear the pants, you got to put on the shoes, and you got to yeah, pay yeah. your fifteen hundred bucks a year to be part of the club or yeah, whatever. You know, Thank all God. Or pay your these, green fees, all these different things and stuff. Uh, but that's where I felt like that disc golf is the alternative version of that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's the Screw the the country club, expensive this, high class, whatever. I got a gentleman's game. No, let's go smoke a J and throw some discs. Yeah, yeah. you rarely in the park, have to pay and the, play disc golf. And, and it costs 20 bucks for a disc that will last you for years. Well, yeah. what's fun, though, is too, is uh, it's almost um, so many courses are popping up in areas where they don't have to make any adjustment to the terrain, if that makes no, sense. No, that's, that's what's the, beautiful You pop a it. basket up somewhere, and that the obstacles are what's natural. Yeah, there's and a couple of... God forbid uh, some things develop, it makes it more of a harder thing over time. Right. Where golf courses, they you know flatten, they put sand traps, there's a pond, there's a... Very manicured. Yeah, you know, very manicured. And then there's always a pro shop. You know, you got to have the pro shop there where you can, you know buy some more balls or you can talk to the dude and you can rent a golf cart and you can do all these things and stuff like that. Disc golf is show up to the park where the, the baskets have been stuck out there and they'll be labeled. And if it's cool, it'll have like a sign that's like, here's the course and be hard to find. Yeah. And figure yeah. it out. Yeah. That's on like, well, know, and what I like for. about it is that it's much more of like, um, a walk through nature. 
and it's kind of a guided yeah. walk, but it doesn't feel like you're walking a trail. It doesn't feel like you're hiking, but like in my neck of the woods, like the Chico area, there's Peregrine Point and Chico proper, I believe, and then out of Orland, there's a spot on Black Butte, and both of those are fucking beautiful just because it's, excuse me, both of those are just fucking beautiful because it's it's much more of a hiking and experience with nature than it is yeah. just just a couple of dudes out there golfing. There's some no, really gorgeous disc yeah. golf parks, like just no, in Arcata. There's one in a redwood forest. Yeah, yeah. And there's no golf carts. There's no people right. driving by. You're not serving no. drinks. So I honestly like to take a backpack full of beer with me, and just enjoy the day. Like if I want to go out at like ten in the morning, uh, and that whole or the, that that uh, particular. The golf course only takes three hours. I'm gonna run it at least twice. Yeah, like it's such a good way to to spend the whole day. Well, what's nice too is it's almost like a treasure hunt type of deal. Ooh, you're like, yeah. yo, have you been to this course? And you're like, wait, what? Over in this city? And you're like, wait, what? They got a discourse? And you know, like they're popping up enough right now that yeah. it's like you might not have ever even known there was one in your town or close by or something like that. And then one pops up in a new terrain without ever having to disturb anything. It's not like, Oh, construction started on a new disc golf course, you know? And that it's just like, yo, did you hear about the baskets that were put up over in the, you know, a little, little spot. And you're like, wait, what, where tell me how to get there. Now you're writing down like sketchy, like map directions on how to get to the golf, you know, the disc golf course and stuff like that. And then you find it and you're like, oh, well, and it's almost like a new experience. Every time you go, you're like, damn, this terrain was cool. Oh, the obstacles here were cool. Like right. hard, mm-hmm. easy. Like I had to shoot over this. There's a creek involved. There's not a like, cliff not, on the whole way. Not like right. a pond that the golf course made. Mm-hmm. That you're gonna probably lose some bowls in, and who fucking cares or whatever. No, there's a creek that's been washing away discs for a while. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but you said the there's word, a natural pond. You said the word treasure hunt, and I need to address it. My first disc golf disc, I didn't buy. I was just walking through a creek and found it. Yeah, in the creek. Yeah, and I'd then say when I, most and, of my discs are found. And discs. then when I walked up the hill, I ended up finding out that there was a disc golf course right there. And after seeing what was going on, I decided to to keep looking for discs and I end up finding like five that day or something like that. And then I just started playing and it, I found it really, it's just fun. It's yeah. Great. And it's a great thing to like take your dog with you too. Sure. Like my little dog Webster loves it cause he gets to go and piss on it on everything. And again, I do it, you know, generally speaking twice at least. And so he gets to piss on everything and kind of enjoy it and relax just as much as I do. Yeah. I got my start in disc golf because I was living in Texas and I was smoking weed. <laughs> and there's not a lot of places to do that. You can't just smoke it up in your apartment. You can, And even the, most of the parks are sketchy. Mm-hmm. But cops never come out to the disc golf course. So you get your buddies. You get some discs. You walk around in nature. You, throw, you have something competitive to do, even mm-hmm. if it's just competitive with yourself. And you're getting stoned and drinking beer. Yo, yeah, it's it's kind of like going to a bar in that sense where it's like right. you're shooting pool and and you, so you got this thing occupying you and and uh, you get to like smoke and and inebriate yourself as you so wish and it and, and it's it's great. It's like I don't, I don't think I've ever spent better quality time with my friends than when I was disc golfing. Yeah, I had one friend fall face face first down a hill, and she wasn't wearing a whole lot, so like she got messed up a little bit. But it was just super hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Out here in Blackberry Country. 
Yeah, especially mm-hmm. in Blackberry Country. What do you think of the one out in Weaverville? I play it all the time because it's the closest one. Yeah. And it's 18 holes. And it's not like a long, there's not a lot of long holes on it, but there's a lot of technical holes mm-hmm. and a lot of variety. Yeah. So you can work on a lot of different shot shapes. Yeah. If you want. And uh, it's a nice little park. Yeah. I like it a lot too. I don't like all the blackberries. No, but they've been doing a really good job about cutting those back recently. Yeah. Like I went up there last week or a couple of weeks ago and all the blackberries on the other side of the river next to hole three were cut out. Oh, really? I was really surprised. I wonder how many discs they found in there. I, I don't know. I know they found at least one of mine. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Definitely blue champion Valkyrie. God damn it. It's <laughs> a favorite one that I have right now. <laughs> Actually, I gave away a bunch last time I was uh, for Thanksgiving. I was going discing with my buddy uh, Vinny. And uh, he had never played before, which is surprising to me because we're really good friends. And I could have sworn we've done this a thousand times. And yeah, apparently he'd just never gone with us on those trips. And so I gave him a couple of discs after we did a couple rounds, and and he was really into it. And yeah. At least it seemed. I don't know if he was just being friendly, but yeah, he was just like, "This is really cool. Like, it's more of like honestly, I think disc golf would be really good for therapy. Thinking about it. Yeah. Just being able to walk around with with the person that you're talking to and have them be like, "So why do you think that that person uh, said that to you in such a tone?" And you can throw your and be like, "I don't know, huh?" Throw your disc. Maybe it's because, you know, it's like a really good atmosphere just to bring that out. Yeah. You've got well, the, you know, walking helps talking. Yeah. Well, and I think more to the point is that you can still feel social anxiety when you're just walking and just trying to have a conversation. But when you're when you're interacting and having an activity between you guys, yeah, it kind of distracts from the stress that can come from any kind of societal or socioeconomic uh, boundaries or yeah. barriers that are presented. There's no pressure on the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just two guys shooting a game of pool, drinking a beer. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. I can't, I still can't believe how many... Like, at every disc golf course I go to, I look for discs because yeah. you can just find them everywhere. Yeah. On my biggest loot, I found seven of them. Wow. Yeah. And it was because at Black Butte Lake that I described earlier... It's just a fucking mud hole during the spring. Not the course itself, but because it's backed up to a lake. And so people have thrown their discs and overshot on this cliff that leans off to the left from where you're standing. And it's just dove, dove, dove into one of the fingerlings. Yeah. That has since ran out of water, but has not dried. And so to get to your disc that's now sticking vertically into this mud, you have to walk out there with what I presume are very nice tennis shoes. Yeah. And probably not waders. And it's very thick mud. And so I went out there like right after spring, just incidentally, and lost my disc down there. And I went and collected mine, and there was like seven of them just chilling there in the mud vertical. Because, you know, the wind had caught them or whatever, and they just, yeah. I've lost a lot of discs over the years, but there's only one that I really regret. On that Redwood course in Arcata behind the university, there's a pond on one of the holes. And it's not a difficult shot. You're from like way up the hill, and you just got to float it over it. Mm-hmm. But I had found this disc, and I had really enjoyed it. And I threw it, and it hit a branch, and it went straight in the lake or the pond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually, a few months ago, I looked it up on eBay how much it would cost to get one of those discs because they haven't made them for like 15 years. And uh, 200 bucks, cheapest I can God find damn. to get that disc back. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Better go back to that pond. I'm sure they got a guy that combs that and sells it to the pawn shops. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's why I always try to make a, an effort to reach out, like, if the back of a disc has got, like, a phone number or something on yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I try to always reach out and just, like, let them know that I've got their disc. Especially um, if it's an ace disc. Yeah, sometimes they're just, like, keep it. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I picked it up because I thought it would be fun. Lost it, got frustrated, and left. So you can have it. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely called a few disconnected numbers <laughs> on the backs of discs. Yeah. Yeah, and having said that, it's not just a thing for uh, just this is just in case nobody listening knows anything about it. It's not just a thing that randomly pops up in in small towns. It's actually there's a professional disc golf. Yeah, like, I mentioned thing. earlier about getting that Paul Macbeth signature disc. He's a five time world champion and consensus best disc golfer in the world. Fun. And uh, something I only discovered, even though I've been playing disc golf for about eighteen years. Um, you can watch pro disc golf events on YouTube and it's entertaining as hell. What? Yeah. That sounds Check great. out a uh, Joe Mez pro and watch the tournament. It's awesome. That sounds like so much fun, dude. Plug? It actually is plug. Yeah. Let's go ahead and plug it. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> What'd you say? His name's Joe Mezzo. Joe J O Mez M E Z pro Jonathan Gomez. Oh, He's a, the hottest up and coming disc golf media guy. I guess he's not even up and coming now. He's established. He got a oh, contract shit. for all of the disc golf pro tour next year. God damn. That sounds enjoyable as fuck. Well, we're going to go ahead and cut to a short commercial break. We're going to come back with a little bit of your guys's final or er, final fantasy, fantasy football. <laughs> we're going to catch up with you. Guys I don't want to talk see. about it. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> so yeah, Please bear with us during this fake commercial. I mean, real commercial. I mean... Do you have people that you don't like? I had some people I didn't like. Well, you should have called me. Because I'm the people eater. The people eater comes to you. And the purple people eating people eater telephone service that you can now adapt app friendly to your phone i don't just eat purple people anymore i just eat regular people did somebody rob you are those teenagers picking on you again do you have an ex-wife that needs uh, <laughs> call me i'll beat the fuck out of them and guess what the crime scene will be clean the crime scene's clean because did i mention i eat people if you've got a problem, I'll fucking eat it. Especially if it's a person. I don't care who it is. Could be an old lady. Could be a tiny little kid. I just love eating people. Eating people is my favorite thing to do. The new Purple People Eater. Brought to it's you by Mattel. For adults. I eat people. Do you not want that birthday party going down? Are you sick and tired of your neighbors always yelling about Christ? Well, call me. Because I'll just show right up and I'll fucking eat them. I'll murder them and I'll eat them because I love eating people. It's just my end game. I really, I, I just thought I'd, I'd get this classified in black sheep and bad apples to see that uh, if I could open up my, uh, my, my clientele a little bit. You can find me on Craigslist. Uh, I am at the people eater on Twitter. Uh, and, and, and that's it. That's all I got. That's my, my commercial.
pretty good one, right? Shout out to American Spirits and Dale's Pale Ale by Oscar Blues Brewery in Colorado for fueling this episode. I'd also like to thank my legs for supporting me. I'd like to thank my spine for always having my back and my arms for always being at my side. It means a lot to win this award. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me more about your fantasy football. From what I hear... uh, We're back from commercial break already? Do you want to pause it? Ah, damn. (laughs) Because I'd love to take a piss. Fantasy football is stupid, and I don't know why we play it. Hmm. Aren't you the commissioner? Yeah, it was against my will. <laughs> Aren't you the? <laughs> that is bullshit. Aren't you the head honcho in this entire structure? So I, that I, 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 I only many, trust myself to hold the money. How many man league are you in? Ten. Ten. All right. And and uh, it's the official fantasy football league of Hayfort. If you're not in it, sucks to be you. Yeah, you're a fucking. We've even kicked people out of it. Oh asshole. yeah, I've gotten death threats. Oh, it's that serious. Yeah, right. it's, it's it's a pretty major It's no thing. joke. Yeah, and you guys don't play for money, right? We play for a trophy and right. an anti-trophy. Ooh, so how well are you doing this year? No, no, well, let, it's let, let's done. Ask, let, let's ask Sean first. Uh, I did better than last year. I came in fourth place. I felt nice. pretty confident about Moving my way up the ranks. A little, little proud of you. Yeah. Doing pretty That's, good. Uh, you know, I only had to... Um, and how'd you start off? How do you... What do you mean? You started off dragging your ass, or were you charging into that? Oh, I came out pretty strong. You drafted yeah. a good team. Yeah. Yeah. I had some people worried. I had a lot of uh, collusional... I don't say that word. Offers. <laughs> the commissioner <laughs> is right here. That's what I'm saying. I had a lot of people that were wanting to make money off of me for illegitimate purposes because of the strength of my team. Mm, um, like they were wanting you to take a fall. But, you know, being looking strong. looking at you, Matt. I heard people were taking straight-up bets, against, me against the field, who was going to win this year. God damn. I deny all... <laughs> all... I, I, I mean, I wouldn't even know who would do that in this league. Yeah, it... it it doesn't even sound like he's accusing you, but I'm glad that you denied the uh, non-accusation There's because the, now know, we know that you're innocent. <laughs> There's the, <laughs> you, just your hands the, are clean, buddy. Just, hey, if you know you're not going to win, you got to make money somehow. Shit. So how was your year, Matt? So I had the best team maybe ever assembled in a 10-man league. I won the the season long high points or high score total points by like two hundred points. It was out of control. God damn. I went twelve and zero, lost my last game of the regular season, had a bye week, and immediately lost my semifinal game. <laughs> Bullshit. Jesus Christ. To a Costco manager, no less. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh... <laughs> Since I don't have a horse in this race, all of it, like all of you guys losing is honestly much more fun for me because I know you guys tried to recruit me into this thing. Not interested. We have one out of towner and he's getting the trophy this year. Who's that? That would be uh, Ron's dad. Oh, right, right. He beat me in the semifinals 
some bullshit, and then uh, he won the championship. Were you going week. real strong too? You were like. Just I was 12 and 0, yeah, and then was, I lost my room. next two games because of there was, injuries. There was money on the uh, in the field, if you will, for him to win undefeated. And I but had I'm a good assuming chance. you lost that. I may have purchased a ticket and not gotten cashed out on it. I had Lamar Jackson, Dalvin Cook. Todd Gurley, Julian Edelman, De- DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Lockett, the Patriots defense, the Ravens defense. It was a juggernaut. And I only won 100 bucks for the regular season high score title. I wanted that my name on the trophy. Well, that's the fun part about this game, though, is you can win great all year and then – it makes no difference in, the, like, the last couple games. Every year, fantasy football comes up with new ways to make you hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> last year, a combined eight points kept me from winning either the high score title or making it into the finals. A combined eight points. We're talking, you know... Everybody knows we're scoring 120, 140, 150 points a week. Eight points. <coughs> maybe maybe you should have a podcast about fantasy football. You're... No, I hate it too much. <coughs> Liar. I do like seeing Ron wear the L chain, though. <coughs> yeah, by the way, um, what happened with that? By the way, with our what? listeners know who Ron Baca Jr. is. I'm sure. He, his reputation <coughs> precedes him. So with that... You have to I know. explain the situation. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a pertinent insert. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. We had we we didn't quite get there, but you really just helped us drive that nail into the coffin. I just want to make sure we Well, stand. Ron had a shitty year. He drafted Philip Lindsay in the second round. Hold for laughter. And then uh, when he was finally out of it, right before the playoffs, he roster-dumped his whole team to the waiver wire. And so I kicked his ass out of the league because everybody knows roster-dumping is a cardinal sin. But, because we all love Ron, I said, you know, we really want to have you in the league. And you can get back in the league if you tattoo the L-chain on your body because he's been wearing the L-chain for the last 12 months anyway (laughs) and has gotten used to it. Oh, the L chain. That's the loser trophy. It's a cardboard L covered in gold. Saran wrap? Or no, uh, it's uh, covered in foil and then gold raver scabies. Um, gold paint? You know, metal flake. Yeah. The uh, shit you put on, uh, you know, kids use it all the time. Glitter. Glitter. That's oh, the word. I see. It's covered in gold glitter. So when How you wear it, it's all hard, over you. Hard work. <laughs> I just caught up that you were like, oh, it's like tiny bits of like flashy paper. Uh, uh, Raver scabies. Well, yeah, we call them Raver scabies. Yeah. And then there's actually a uh, callback to the disc golf thing. There's different kinds of plastic that the discs are made out of. And one of them they call metal flake, which basically means you got a glitter disc. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I, I really enjoy the story of Ron dumping his roster specifically because he told me he was like, yeah, I got kicked out of the league. You know, I, I told him, uh, what? What? 
how how how'd you get kicked out of the league? What'd you do? And he's like, I got real drunk one night and knew I was gonna make the finals, so I decided to just kick everybody off. Like everybody, free agents, everybody could pick them up. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a good idea at all. And I'm really glad you got kicked out because that was kind of terrible decision making. And it sounds like everybody in the league was pissed off. Well, I don't know if anyone was really pissed, but everybody agreed that, like, that's sore loser kind of shit, mm-hmm. and it fucks it up for everybody else. So, uh, easy cut. Perfect. But Fuck because we cut. love Ron, we're going to let him back in <laughs> on a condition. On a condition. You got to get the Raver Scabies colored L chain tattooed on your body. Yes. Who made the L chain? I did, yeah. Because I'm the fucking commissioner, and I make the, I made the trophy. I engraved the trophy. I made the L chain. I present the L chain. I write a weekly write up every after every matchup, and I still never win money at this fucking game, except so, for this year. So why? Oh yeah. So you're just mad that you didn't make more money? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not even about the money. It's about getting my name on the trophy. Because that's really what it's all about. You can drink out of that trophy. It's not really a trophy if you can't drink out of it. You can drink out of our trophy. Where does that... Have you ever heard that rule, Sean? That it's not a trophy unless you can drink out of it? I mean... It kind of makes sense. Do you consider the Oscar a trophy? I can't even picture what the Oscar looks like. Exactly, it's an award. You can't drink out of it. It's not a trophy. It's an award. All right. Fight. I guess we have different <laughs> fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here peaceably like, I guess we got different opinions, but that's interesting. And you're like, fight me, you long necked bitch. Let's see what trophy you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brontosaurus looking motherfucker. <laughs> At least I don't look like fat Jesus. I'm not even Mexican, bro. Come on. No, he was white, remember? What history books you been we reading? We just celebrated his birthday. <laughs> God. Hmm. Is the Bible considered a history book? I think it's folklore. That's what I was like. What category does it it's fall It's religious in? text. God damn. Well, what about the Odyssey? I don't know. Is that a religious text? I doubt it. A lot of the same themes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Are we going to start debating uh, <laughs> the, the similarities <laughs> and differences of uh, books? All right. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and the Quran. Go. All right. Well, first of all, 20,000 Leagues takes place underwater. I mean, obviously. Huh? It's it's a it's a much more I mean I would say sophisticated book. I only got a quarter of the way through the Quran and it was way too similar to the Bible, so I had to put it down. So I can't really comment. Like, I eh, have read Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea though. That yeah. that shit was cool. <laughs> yeah, you're like, eh, I got the gist. It's like every time I picked up the Bible, so he's like, read the uh, Lucaya forty seven <laughs> eleven, and I'll like open the Bible and read it. They'll be like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. Keep reading and be like, nah, got boring again. Like, not even a page later. There's some cool stories in it. You know, I was raised religious, so I actually have read the Bible through. 
from cover to cover twice. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of bullshit in there. There's a lot of cool stories. But I like to say that uh, Islam and Christianity, they're like two sides of the same coin. Oh, yeah. Well, and according to the Quran, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and uh, Islam are three parts of a trinity. They're a trilogy. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. No Damn. Mormons, though. No. <laughs> They're just a weird sect of Christians. Some <laughs> crazy dude went out in the woods and was like, blah, 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 blah. probably didn't actually speak in tongues because, you know, he's Mormon. That's a Presbyterian thing. Or is that Adventist? I don't know. There's nah. so many. The point that I'm making is they all splinter off. They all right. become crazy fucking weirdos. I've been getting really into cult Those podcasts are the Pentecostals. Lately. Oh, the Pentecostals. My great grandma right. used to speak oh, in yeah. tongues. Yeah. Did she pray with snakes too? I do not know. Because that shit's cool. I never but. went to church with her, but at her funeral, that's all anybody was talking about. Oh, she used to get up here speaking tongues. She used to be shouting down the devil. Shouting down the devil. <laughs> you got yeah. to stomp on him, and you got to shout him down. I, I dated a girl for a while uh, that was, her grandfather was a Pentecostal priest. Oh, shit. Uh, had his own church and everything. Preacher's like, daughter. It was a uh, preacher's granddaughter. Uh, that. Their, fa their father was definitely not a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. They rarely the are. The fa daughter's father was definitely not a preacher, but the grandfather was. And uh, yeah, he was He was interesting. He had uh, fi five dogs that were named Princess, I believe. And it was they like were Princess, they were Princess 2, Princess oh, 3. Prin like They were on Princess 5. I mean, I had a hamster called Rex, too, because the first Rex got eaten by my cat, but I was, like, eight <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah, this dude was, like, 80. I like that we're, like, this creature's life is now a sequel. He will embody, like, like, it's a movie and not a I came home from thing. church and found a, in my bedroom floor a blood stain with a pair of hamster balls. Hmm. That was it. That's all the cat left were his testicles. Must have been mm. full. <laughs> <laughs> Had intuition, apparently. Yeah, just was, a little bit of respect. Or, just, or, or it was just a homophobic <laughs> cat. <laughs> He's like, no, that's gay. Well, we were Southern Baptists, maybe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Southern Baptist cat is like, praise the Lord, Baptist all these cats. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah, all these different religions have like splintered away from each other. And like, it's, I've been listening to this podcast called Cults by the Parcast Network. Holy shit. It's super intense. And what I've learned about it is that cults can form out of any religion or no religion yeah. at all. In the case of like Carlos Castaneda, super weirdo. All right, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but super weirdo. I think I might know who you're talking about. He's like the anti, like, ooh. He wrote a book about, like, tripping with some shamans in the desert. And uh, long story short, a lot of that stuff has been uh, unverified. and, and uh, Okay, so I just, I remember watching a uh, documentary about this guy who was a, uh, pastor a preacher uh i don't know i don't know yeah he did his thing 
but kind of in modern times. And he would wear a leather jacket like a biker. He had <laughs> he had six 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 tattooed on his arm. He has been to prison, I believe, and uh, drinks frequently at the at drinking establishments and stuff like that. Like kind of a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to be so religious. But uh, he has over like a million people following him. Jesus and Christ! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what he, that's that was what, unintentional too. That that's what he says. And apparently, it's a no. It's like six 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 is tattooed in the mockery of the devil. Like screw you. You can't I'll even, get to me. I'll tattoo it even on my arm, and it don't mean nothing. Oh, you're allowed to have some drinks. And go to the bar and do all these things. And he has like that. So he's wading in the devil's waters with the light of Jesus protecting him. Yeah, it's like this whole like, yo, you can be normal and an average dude and all this other stuff. And like still like, look, I'm even a little edgy, you know. I ride motorcycles. I got 666 and I've been in prison and jail. But even me. I and can that, and that's get his, away like, from the devil's And he's temptation. got a huge following. I'm I read like, an article damn. not long ago about a preacher from up in your neck in the woods, Sean, up in in Washington. That was one of those outreach preachers. Oh, that was have, like we have some fun ones up there. Yeah, sure. and, and he ended up creating this mega church that started in a strip mall and then turned into this giant thing. And he was like the biggest dude until he got caught smuggling drugs and doing meth with his son in a fucking hotel room, like every other preacher seems to. In yeah. the name of Jesus. <laughs> and you know I, what? <laughs> show you just how cool I am. Watch me do this meth and fuck this hooker. Yeah, I, I want to make a dividing line here because if you love God and you worship your goddamn Bible or Quran or Torah, whatever it is, if you want to put up a church somewhere, do it. Like, preach, brother, preach. But when you start telling people I need to build a church because God is telling me to do so, like, you gotta like understand that your head's up in the clouds and your feet ain't on the earth. I'm fine with anybody believing anything they want to believe. And if they want to believe in God and all this shit, that is cool. Just know it's no different than believing in Santa Claus. Merry Christmas. (laughs) What a beautiful holiday. (laughs) I just want people to be real with themselves. Yeah, well, like, and Christmas is like, everybody's like, Jesus was born in, in a manger in Palestine. In, in the middle of winter in a barn. Yeah. Like, no. Baby probably would have died. Like, there's no fucking way. You stole it from the goddamn pagans. Ah, uh, you'd be surprised. Hippies hippies get away with having babies in crazy places. I mean, true. No matter what time of the yeah. year. So I don't doubt back in that day, a bunch of fucking hippies, long hairs. We call them all hay babies here. Yeah, exactly. Hey they, were sleeping in a, they were sleeping in a manger. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of traveling folk that need a cheap place to stay, and a buddy helped them out for a night. And Joseph was such an idiot when his wife was like, "Oh, this is immaculate conception." He was like, "All right, baby." <laughs> and it's not like it's not like that. This is the like, I feel like the funny part. It's not like Jesus just boom, Mary was pregnant. Damn, right? That no, nine months. Nine you, months. You couldn't have planned better, Joseph. <laughs> you found yourself in a goddamn man. You had nine months. Like, I, okay, look, you didn't find out till she was three months pregnant. You know, and it's hard coming up. In you know this what world. I mean? And then you're just, what the fuck are you doing? You just wandering around, hanging out where sheep sleep. 
I went to endsandmangers.com. It's like Airbnb. Back that's in what I get. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. That's something like. And then who was who was the person that was like, "Yo, you can take your pregnant, about to burst woman and sleep He's where in the, the background sl- like <laughs> the sheep sleep." Right. You can comfortably have that space for the night. That you can't have my bed, but uh, you know, there's like some donkeys out in the barn. You she does chill look, with them. She like does look like barn. she's about to pop. So if you'd like to go out where dude, we, dude, even was, know, dude even was selling animals. to such a point where he invented a new building. He's like, yeah, I've got half a barn completed over there. Do you want to stay in my manger? <laughs> <laughs> it's open to the elements. There is it's no. It's the middle of winter. Yeah, exactly. It's like there. There's no. For some reason, there's shepherds. Yeah. Why are there three dudes here all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. And then no. And then they're like, okay, it's super cold. Somebody's letting us just sleep out in their like, ha- uh, lean like lean to. Yeah, it's basically that thing. You know, that where the the sheep just like pass out if it's raining. Well, don't forget they also type of shit. Stuff. Well, and what? Well, it's just gonna happen everywhere and stuff. Like, it's a little warmer in there. Oh, well, at least, <laughs> at least there's some fresh hay you can lay on, or yeah. or whatever, you know, alfalfa. Access compost and stuff. Keeps you yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so they're like, "Yo, it's really cold out here," and they start a little fire to stay warm. And then what happens? Three dudes show up. Like, "Yo, do you light a fire in this fucking little shack?" Where a, animals sleep, full some, of hay, full of hay, combustibles everywhere. And Joseph was like, "No deal." He's like, and "I it, don't know what it, you're it, talking it, about." They were we like, were "We've gonna... got incense and myrrh," and he was like, "All right, this is okay." We have incense and myrrh. It was more or less like three dudes wearing silk showed up from India. <laughs> like, yo, you're gonna burn this place down, and then God forbid, Mary went into labor at the. Same time, you know, it's just like, oh shit, bitch is having a kid. We followed stars to get here, but we brought presents. Yeah, like we we didn't know where we were going. We just knew we needed the presents really badly. <laughs> Some important shit was going on. It was like nine eleven, but for the past. <laughs> I'm just saying, it sounds like the local government came down and was just like, yo, can you not burn down this shack? <laughs> Or they oh, were like, damn, you're pregnant. Stop screaming. <laughs> <laughs> there's a noise ordinance in Bethlehem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same, when there's smoke coming out. I don't know, you know, I mean, say like, what you will about all the religious stuff, but Jesus seems to be a pretty rad dude. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I you know... Um, yeah, no, he's like a superhero. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the punk rocker Johnny Hobo from Johnny Hobo and the Freight Trains and the Wingnut Dishwashers Union. He's... <laughs> <laughs> He says uh, Jesus was just a dirty hippie peace activist turning water into space bags. <laughs> Sounds about right. Damn near. He was, oh, get, yeah. he was going in and hanging out with prostitutes yeah, and like, flipping tables from bankers and shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's going up into the church and wrecking shop. Wrecking it, dude. God damn. You know what? I've Doing got... mushrooms in the desert. Oh, I got no argument with Jesus. If he, was, if he wanted to come on the podcast, hang out, like... Jesus would be chilling with us, man. He's a cool, dude. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think he'd be like, yo, what about, like, fuck the beer. Let's get some wine. Boom. Like, like Jesus. Let's get down. <laughs> He's like, don't say it in vain, bro. <laughs> Jesus be like, I brought the mushroom teas, brothers. Jesus exactly. Christ. Jesus. 
Yeah. You probably hooked me up with the new. God damn it! Jesus brought the Molly again. He probably criticized my carpentry, though. I'm not gonna lie. He'd be like, "Yo, bro, though, work on that shit a little more." He probably wouldn't criticize it. He'd be like, "Bro, come over here and let me show you this super awesome way to make your dovetails fit." Isn't that criticism subtly? Imagine if, imagine if Jesus came. He's like, like, "Yo, let me show you how to do this better." You know, we're in and California, like, cool, so obviously me. Jesus is a hippie. Well, what I was thinking is like, like I see that you didn't if... do it very good, so let me show you how to do it right. And you're like, "Wait, what do you?" Damn. Imagine if you like. That's every carpenter. Imagine yeah, if he decided sure. that he was like, uh, <laughs> like Jesus' second coming was here in Hayfork, and he descended from the clouds or what the fuck ever, and he's like. Let me be on your podcast. We'd be like, bro, you need some work? <laughs> trim you work, trim bro. bro. Trim, bro. <laughs> trim work, bro. Oh, I bet he's a trim pro. <laughs> I mean, he's certainly trim. I'm just saying, I bet Jesus could pull it, like, make some dough in the green in the Emerald Triangle. You know, like, sitting there Yo, like, oh, watch this. Oh, boom, five pounds, done. Like, he just, like, <laughs> trimmed up. real hard just... and your plants would grow uh, trimmed. But do you think Jesus would get hired by somebody that's like, yo, like, as soon as I can sell a few, I'll get you paid back. <laughs> and then, like, and just, it's Judas. all good, bro. I got I got an order coming in. He's like, I trust you. <laughs> Judas Potscariot. <laughs> think, you think Jesus would work in the pines? I mean, that's why not. It, yeah. I think, I, th- I, think I think it would, actually. I've had Jehovah's show up at really? places I know of. In the pines. Yeah. And I was thoroughly surprised about Those that. Those are the was, ballsiest people in the county. I, I give it to them. I'm like, they got to go get go get her attitude. It's God like protect me. <laughs> they rolled up to my place in Peanut years ago. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? You have any idea? Like, you just drive up into people's front yards like this and think, like, it's no big deal. And like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We know so-and-so up in the hill. And I was like, no, you fucking don't. I know so-and-so up in the hill. <laughs> no, no. And he doesn't give a fuck about you. Well, and they're like, we know so-and-so up in the hill. You're like, who? They're like, God. <laughs> <laughs> Our Lord and Savior and yours. Do, 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 do. Mountain Actually, God like will the, protect I, I, us. I don't really mind the Jehovah's. I can't argue. I kind of find it fun a little bit when they show up. It's like. Everybody's got the how I scared the Jehovah's off my property right. story. It's you know it's like and it's I feel like it's a, a rite of passage for them. They're like, yeah. it's not about like you need to go save so many people. It's like you need to go see how many people don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. Well, uh, I think and I they think go out and they knock on all these doors and stuff. And there's think, like a quota, like oh you got to get whatever. You need your I, life threatened at least four times before exactly, you can graduate. Like, well, I, I think what it more is express your religion to people and see how much they hate you for it. Yeah. Well, again, I and think, then you still like it. I think what it is is actually a confirmation bias thing where they're like, "Listen here, little Jehovah, this thing will be easy." In fact, everybody out there has got Satan in their hearts. They all worship the devil. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go out there and we might change a couple hearts and minds, but it ain't going to be a lot of them. In fact, the reason why we're not going to change a lot of their hearts or their minds is because Satan's got them. So their go hearts out, are hardened. Yeah, they, they go out there and they experience this thing that we were just describing. And what that is is, is a clinical term called confirmation bias, where it's like, I've got a bias against this thing where it's like, 
My mom told me that all you guys worship the devil and that you would rebuke us. But God will change that, but he doesn't. So now you're like, oh, they must be right, because they said everybody who isn't me is made of devil. Right. Yeah, so it's a really kind of fucked up way of, like, indoctrinating children as well. It forces them to see, like, the us, us versus them mentality. My parents used to show me those Bible verses that was like, <laughs> if you don't obey your parents, crows are going to come and pick out your eyes. Hmm. And were you afraid of that? I uh, wasn't or... afraid of the crows, but I was afraid of everlasting damnation, as any five-year-old would be. Oh, yeah. That just doesn't sound pleasing at all. Nah. When I was younger, I was afraid of the crows. The crows? Yeah. Not I've the damnation. More, I knew only... I was good on that, but... <laughs> God damn those crows. The older I've gotten, the more afraid of crows I've become. <laughs> I've watched them dive all my friends across church parking lots. Yeah, they lots. don't fuck around. Like, that's unlike my buddy showed up at my house one day. He lived like a half a mile away from me, and we used to cut through a church. I might have even told this on an earlier podcast. Uh, and he showed up at my place one day. He, he'd come over, and then we'd, we'd get together, and we'd grab our skateboards or whatever and go back to his spot or go out and hit the town. And uh, this day, he came over. We are going to go back to his spot and then go take off. And uh, he gets to my spot. He cut through the church. It was the shortcut. Big church. Uh, and as he's cutting through the parking lot, apparently some, like, a couple crows just start dive-balling. Like, I mean, not kind of, like, coming down. He was ducking and running, like, holy shit, crows are attacking me type of stuff. And he get all, got over there and told me this. Man, I was crossing the church, and the crows started dive-bombing me and this and that. And I was like, you're ridiculous. Like, that's not true at yeah. all. Because that means, that means you fucked with the devil or something like i don't know that means you fucked up somehow crows don't dive bomb you in church parking lots unless you cross the line that i've seen in in poltergeist or something right. like that you know what i mean no so he was like he was like all right dude boy. so yeah so we we walked back to his spot and we cut through the church parking lot and sure as shit these goddamn crows were not fucking around <laughs> Like, they dive-bombed the both of us. Like, they were just, like, going at us. Like, like we were ducking and running. It was crazy. I don't know what they had going on. You must have that... fucked with one of them crows, because I've seen some documentaries about them, and, and I'm going to fuck up a little bit of these details. But from what I know, they're one of the most smart, like, uh, birds. And uh, they got huge brains. But also, they remember faces. They remember yeah. human faces. And so... I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say that your buddy probably killed one of them crows with a BB gun or something like that. And uh, they were ever since then, they were like, fuck that guy. Revenge yeah. of the birds, bitch. Fuck that dude and his friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's the most feasible thing. I mean, I have also been dive bombed by them, but I don't... You could say they might have been out for murder. <laughs> Jesus goddamn Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that uh well i guess, let's uh go ahead and wrap that up yeah i think that was uh i think that was it you can't end on a better note than that <laughs> i like we went from disc golf to church murder to murder yeah definitely it was gateway a, drug it was good do you feel like freestyling freestyling yeah Mom, too waka, slow waka, for that. Waka, waka. Fuck Hobo Johnson. Hobo Johnson, fuck you. Don't know what else to say, but fuck you. You don't got much 
to say to us because you never got a hold of us. It's shit. Black sheep, bad apples coming bad. at you. Black sheep, sheep, bad apples coming at you. Black sheep, bad apples coming at you. All the way from North. Saren. Sheep. California. Bad for California. Nailed it, guys. Honestly, we should have stopped with out of, out for murder, but... Probably still can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, well, just to, we'll just have to edit and post. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lauren. Expertise of, Always enjoy it. Golf. Yeah, it's been great. Gonna go have to gonna go put some D's in the B's, play some discs. Fucking D's in the B's. Bang some buddy. chains. Bang Hell some yeah. chains, baby. And Sean, over here at Fourth Corner, I want to thank you. Oh yeah. And your hat looks awesome. Who did made, it? Made by our uh, our very own intern intern audio technician guy who is also kicked out of assistant production <laughs> manager slash Ron Baca. Yeah. Uh, uh, also called um, what is it? Wrong Ron? millinery. Yeah, one wrong M- millinery. Millinery. Yeah, by Ron Bockett. Yeah. He soon to have a Facebook page because I'm about I'm about to pressure him into doing that. And uh, again, thank you guys for listening to us. We've had a splendid time. I hope you guys have too.